My name is Ed Malachowski, and the name of my show is Nine Volt Heart. I'm excited to be able to share with you my favorite musicians, as well as new discoveries every Saturday from 3 to 5 p.m. on Valley Free Radio, WXOJ LP FM in Northampton, Florence. The show is primarily current music in the Americana genre with heavy doses of newgrass and alternative folk and country. I appreciate the opportunity to share this music and artists that I love. Valley Free Radio gives me a platform to highlight our Valley's musical treasures. My show often takes a hyper-local format, focusing on musicians that live and play here, as well as musicians who come to our venues to play. If you appreciate that local content, please call and help us in our fun drive that we have put together here. And if you would, please donate to Valley Free Radio today by visiting us online at valleyfreeradio.org, or you can call us today at 413-585-1033 and make a pledge that'll help keep Valley Free Radio and this local approach to music on the air. We would like you to donate, but we don't really want you to call because we're, we record in slightly in advance, one hour in advance. But it is easy. I went this morning uh, on my kid's show and donated. I went to valleyfreeradio.org and slash donate. And it's very easy, PayPal or credit card. And the other cool thing about donating is that it is matched by the Dow dollar for dollar up to 5,000. We're over 3,000 now. This is the last day of the fundraiser. And then also there's an extra $10 thrown on for every donation. So a $30 donation becomes a $70 donation. So it's a good deal. So why are we a great station? Well, we have interesting shows like this show, like the kids show, like um, a lot of really local uh, international shows, but some of them, excuse me, have international followers. So not only are we a uh, low power FM that broadcasts in Northampton, but we're also uh, on the inner tubes and uh, going all throughout the world, even to crazy Oregon. Uh, welcome, Joe. Uh, how's now Matt and I are going to complain about the cold. What are you complaining about? Uh, it's been raining for like 47 days in a row, something like that. But uh, you know, it's it sounds like, a little it, biblical. Uh, are you becoming religious? Well, it doesn't really even rain. It just sort of hangs in the air and you just like you get wet walking outside, but nothing's falling. It's it's weird. And it's I mean, it doesn't matter. I never leave the house anyway. So it's I've been taking plenty of vitamin D, hoping that takes care of things. But yeah, you might want to walk a little. It's kind of good for your mobility. Yeah. Yeah, mobility is <laughs> overrated. So I, I it's remember about, going. It's to... about to be hibernation time. I really, I tend to curl up in, into a ball in the winter, so it's it's coming. I remember visiting Seattle uh, to to see a friend, and um, it was sh wonderfully shocking in that it every day the forecast said rain, but it didn't really rain. It was just cloudy. But the other thing I'll never forget is all the 64 Chevys and 57 Fords <laughs> because there's no rust in that environment. In, in Massachusetts, those cars are long gone. I had a 64 Chevy that I had to give up because there had holes in the floor. Um, yeah, I mean, you're talking to a guy who drives a 79 Jeep. So, I yeah, there are a lot. I love old cars, and I, I love that they're well-preserved. California, too. California has lots of nice old, you know, 50s and 60s stuff sitting around. All right. So, Matt, uh, how's things in Agawam going? Pretty good. Pretty good. We, uh, we went to the UMass hockey game last Ooh. night. Who so, they play? Uh, 
Um, UNH, New Hampshire. Beat them or not? Yeah, three nothing. Great game. Great game. Wow. It, Boys were it's in. It's such play. a fast moving game, isn't it? Yeah, and and um, you know, my my oldest son commented. He, they're they're this year they've gotten into like watching sports with me, which I love. Yes. Um, they still root against whoever I want. Like, you know, <laughs> Tyler is like, who do you want to win this game? Oh, I want the other team. All right, fine. Like, whatever. At least you're watching the game with me. I love that. Yeah. But uh, so Tyler, he's sitting next to me and he goes, man, there aren't as many penalties in hockey as there are in football, huh? Because it just was, yeah. it was fast paced. Yeah. Um, you know, we, I, we might get into it later. I know there's a lot we want to talk well, about. Yeah. But also in football, the instant replay checks on, on whether there is 4.3 seconds left or 4.1 second left. And it takes you five minutes to determine that it really does slow down the action. Hockey, yeah. especially live is nonstop, but no, it, it was fast paced. UMass played great. They've got a lot of young talent. Um, it was a good game, fun, fun environment. Well, and the thing about college hockey, too, aside from the lack of goonery, which, you know, sort of takes away from the flow of the game, the ice is so much bigger. The the playing surface is so much bigger, and it makes so much difference behind the net and on the sides. And it's just like it, it allows the game to flow so much better. And it's, you say it's more, bigger. Do you mean bigger than the pro rinks? Much bigger, much bigger. It's closer to the international size. And, you know, if you watch Olympic Olympic hockey, it's like it, everything looks like four on four compared to the NHL. And then you watch you after you watch a little of that, and then you go back and watch an NHL game, you notice how ridiculously short the corners are like the distance from the goal to the corners is probably in most arenas six to 12 feet closer in in an nhl arena than it is in a college arena and that makes a huge difference for just like operating room and, and how much you know room offenses have to work and it, it really it really changes the game but well and you know and i really agree with you on the um limiting the goonery the the fighting because when i was a kid you know the bruins were big around this area but watching a game it was like watching what was that um show where cars demolition derby it was like watching demolition derby you i love really demolition watching... derby <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you just, your kids, yeah, would, what, love, your you kids would love Demolition, Demolition Derby. Take them to that at the fair. When you watch Demolition Derby, you're just waiting for a big pileup, right? A, a big. Yeah. So it's the same. It used to be the same thing in hockey. You're just waiting for somebody to drop it, whack each other for five minutes. The, you know, it's just, it was, it reminded me of pro wrestling. Well, Why it, would, that? It, it would be like if you stopped in the middle of a baseball game and shot yeah. free throws. Like it's a completely, they're not, the fighting has nothing to do with hockey. It, it's just, it just didn't, it's just, it always seemed weird to me too. You're right. You know, it's interesting. And I, I'm curious, like, I would love to know the psychology behind it because I mean, you're right for the, as, as far as the game is concerned in the sport, what is, serves the purpose of fighting, right? It's not, it's, it stops play. Especially I, with I guess there's a purpose, but well, but this was a, before as, we knew anything about, you know, before anyone had any awareness of the CTE and concussions. Yeah, I'm, I'm, but I'm just it, I, I do remember going to the old Hartford Whalers games in the Hartford Civic Center as a kid. So this is before 96. Like, I, I was a kid. And but they were I, an I NHL team, right? What? They were a, yeah, an yeah. NHL team. Yeah, they yeah, were an Whalers. NHL. Yeah, yeah. They, they, ended, they moved to Carolina. But the hockey fights is what you – 
are ramped up about. You're not, you're not cheering, or at least me, right? As a kid, I'm not cheering nice pass. I'm cheering when my team scores a goal or when there's a fight. And so the psychology, it's interesting. Um, and it, I don't know. I like, is, is that why hockey keeps it in there? Because they know that's what gets their fans amped up. Like, it's, oh, it's, def- it's definitely still there because it's popular with some people. I think it's be- become popular with fewer hockey fans, definitely fewer than, you know, in the seventies. And I, I, I don't know. It always struck me as weird. I don't think I ever, I don't think I was ever as barbaric as you with my hockey fandom, Matt. I think, when I, was a kid. <laughs> I think, I, think I, I did appreciate the pass and the, you know, the good defense and the good check and the block shot more than any fight. And I think as to, as far as what, you know, why it's part of the game, I think it's probably just an outgrowth of like, you know, two guys were fighting in the corner for the puck and one of them, you know, just it's, there's a lot of shoving and, Mm. you know, slamming people's heads into the boards and into the ice and hockey. And I could easily see fights growing out of that. I mean, we used to get in fights in, in high school football games and in practice all the time. So, you know, I think it's that part. I understand what I don't so much understand is why it, stayed such an integral part of the game for so long could it be and i'm just thinking this i mean and as times change you learn more and and, but back when right would you rather have you feel you feel aggrieved punch it out for 15 seconds where you're not you might land a punch or two but you know or do you want someone whacking somebody with a stick, which hockey has had before and, and criminal charges have been yeah, yeah. made, you know? So, you know, could it be something like that where it's the lesser of two evils? Hey, you know, you feel aggrieved. You, you, you two want to go. Well, the refs give you 15 seconds. Once somebody slips and falls, the fight's broken up and then we move on. I don't know. I first, I, I don't think, I don't think that's a, terribly great way to teach young people how to resolve conflict. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the biggest problem with that. I think aside from the concussions that we know about now, I, I mean, uh, do, do, do we need any more arguments against it? But I think, you know, also it just like for that to be part of the game, it just seems dumb. I, I always did say as much as I would not let, if I had children, I would not let them play football. I always did appreciate that as a 16 year old, if something got me aggravated at school, that at 3:15 I could be out on the football field hitting my friends or a tackling dummy with with pads and with some sort of adult supervision. That's, that's it, it, definitely in a controlled environment from sports. It really is, um, but it doesn't have to be punching somebody in the face. I think no. you can get that from well, hitting a baseball or right. kicking a soccer ball. You can't. You can't just I mean, running like we, cross country. But, yeah. But like we talked about at the beginning, I mean, even at the college level, you can't fight. It's not part of the college yeah. game in hockey. It's not part of youth, you know? So, but, but I mean, I get, it. I don't add now as an adult, I don't quite see what is the point and I don't watch enough hockey nowadays to even know how much it still is part of the game. You know, but when you go, when you go back, you know, again, when I was a kid, it was boxing baseball and sort of hockey and those all those sports not baseball but but certainly the other ones had a lot of um physical stuff hey nolan ryan knew how to throw a punch (laughs) that's true no you're right and yeah you're right i forgot all and there was actual bean balls then 
I do want to say, too, if you want to look at some interesting pictures, look at the original hockey players. And they mm. have like three teeth, maybe four if they're lucky. And it's just like, you know, and the goalies played with like no mask uh -huh. and then just yeah. this minimum mask. Now they're like heavily armored tanks and they're much more protected. When you like, like almost all the skaters now wear a visor and a lot of them wear cages where, you know, like a full on, a full on, like a lacrosse mask almost. Before we go any further, I do want to stop and wish one of our favorite listeners and our most loyal listener, a happy birthday, uh, Margo Malachowski. Happy birthday All today. Right. Happy, happy birthday, birthday. Margo. Um, and while, while we're diverting, uh, again, give money to the station. It's what keeps wonderful voices, annoying voices like ours on the air. Uh, <laughs> you can go, you can go to Valley Free Radio. Radio dog, you can also you can also go to the sportsplusshow.com. There's a donate to the station button nice. at the very top. Click nice. that; it'll take you to the same spot. And uh, give a few bucks if you like hearing us, or even if you hate us. <laughs> but but you, there's a lot of local radio on this station, and it's it's really good. And so your donation will be matched to uh, more than doubled. So valleyfreeradio.org/slash/donate. And trust us when I when we say that most of the programming is better than this show. So you're, <laughs> you're elevating things. Before we get into other realms, I do want to mention um, authoritarianism and um, and how evil it is, and how we're in this really scary. And I know it's not a political show; it's a sports show, but it's it's hard. They're they're close. Um, so we're in this time in the world in which by some measures, democracy is losing and autocracy is winning. And it's not a good situation. It's why it's incumbent on our country to do what they're beginning to do, which is to build up democracy, to show that it'll work, to show that people, you know, like Matt with young kids can get support, can get a free daycare and all sorts of things. But um, here's an example of authoritarianism in China. This uh, tennis player who's in her late 30s, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Peng yeah. Shua, um, has disappeared. And all we're getting is this totally phony um, from the government. Oh, yes, uh, they, she's contacted us and she's doing quite fine. Well, the manager of her does not believe that. And plus, if she's doing quite fine, let her pop onto whatever social media she uses. Very scary. And it's because she was outspoken, you know, yeah, on, on right. social media and, you know, right. which is the only outlet that a Chinese athlete has. And I, so and you're right. You're right, Joe. And it gets even worse than that. It was go, it was on, let's see what they used. Oh, wait, we, Weibo. Weibo. Weibo is, is I think the most visited website on the planet. It's, it's like the Chinese, the Chinese official social network and it is like the most used website on earth so anyway and so yeah so continue to think about donating to this wonderful station valleyfreeradio.org slash donate all right gentlemen what else are we going to talk about all right well this i i know you said it's not a political show but it is we 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 have spent a lot of times talking about talking about these things and i think i i i can't the only thing I really want to talk about is this Kyle Rittenhouse situation. And Joe, you talk about China, you know, where, where they have to fear their government. 
we're in a position now where we have to fear our own citizens. And I don't know how, well, I do know because I watched a little bit of this trial and I saw that joke of a judge who is the reason why all this happened, um, how you can carry a rifle into a crowd and somehow get self-defense out of that. Basically, he created a hostile situation and then used the, use the, it's just, it would be preposterous if it wasn't so predictable. And I could have told you that was going to happen the day before it happened, but still when it did, I mean, I was, it really threw me yesterday. Like I had, I had a lot of trouble functioning yesterday afternoon after that, that news came out. I and, agree. How about Arbery? Are you worried about that one? Oh, I, of course. And, but the bigger, the problem was the two things that disturbed me the most was, like I said, just now, you know, we have to fear the guy across the street now. And I, I don't, I think that what bothered me more than the verdict, which like I said, was predictable was the celebration from the few friends I still have that are conservative that that this kid now he's going to get a Republican congressional internship like you what this this is where we are where this is the kind of behavior that we're actively rewarding and celebrating there's 40% of the people in this country that are celebrating this because it's disgusting because and we've talked so we've it talked gets to, you and I worked up we're liberals and we get worked up well it, you know what Daryl it's got the, me we've talked about we've talked about leaving the country all three of us have talked about this I I'm God I am God I'm, guest that you had on uh, has left the country yeah I, I'm not waiting for 2024 I'm I am gone by spring. Let me. Uh, here's my take on it, and you, we, we differ on a lot of this, and not so much here. Not so much here. So, <laughs> breathe, <laughs> breathe, breathe. Um, I, I'll say this. I mean, I agree. I, I think he, and and I, I am going to hold off a lot of commentary on the actual case because I, I did not watch much of the trial, really any of the trial. I, I really didn't. I know about it. I didn't watch, so I don't want to comment too much on it. I'm not. I don't want to comment on the judge. I didn't see or hear any of that stuff. I, I, I believe. I don't know how you could put yourself in that situation if you're not looking for trouble. <laughs> um, that's confusing to me. Um, and I think a lot of people were there looking for trouble. But this has been my concern for a while, and I think it's disgusting. I, I don't understand. Like you said, I think it was um, Gates down in Florida who was talking about offering him a, a, an internship. Look, you were there looking for trouble. You should have no business in politics like that. And, and we talked about it. And Joe, you were right. We, it's these the lawyers, the, the these the people we have as politicians. It blows my mind how you can look at this situation as a yeah, we won. Like, I, I just don't look at things that way. It, it's nothing but divisive. It's nothing but but disgusting, in my opinion. And to me, that's more of an upsetting, The seeing some of the aftermath of celebratory or, or offering this kid who uh, uh, a job in politics to, to later possibly change outcomes in my kids lives like 
No, you, I, it, that that's what blows my mind. So I, I totally, I agree with you there. Is I, he going to walk through the Senate office building with his rifle? <sighs> you know, that's the thing I worry about is this increased, um, looks like the Supreme Court's going to make it very easy for everybody to carry guns wherever they want. I, I just, I don't really want to be in Big Y or Whole Foods and have a guy with a shotgun behind me. I, I just, I'm going to go to another aisle. And if there's one in that aisle, I'm going to stop shopping there. I, it's like, I don't, I don't need to get lettuce and get shot at. Well, there's there's enough enough things keeping me from going out in public as it is. I mean, I've been doing Instacart for my groceries and every, everywhere I do go, I use the drive through. I mean, I really rarely go into a public place anymore. And I, I don't know if I want to anymore. And again, b before we move any further, I just want to like we keep talking about Rittenhouse, Rittenhouse, Rittenhouse. But I, I want to, again, use the names of the victims, Joseph Rosenbaum and Anthony Huber, because those are the people we should be thinking about. There now. was a third guy who got shot who did not die. Yeah. Uh, Gage Grosskreutz, I guess. I'm not too good with the uh, with the German names. I think it's Grosskreutz or Grosskreutz. You know, it's, the, the problem in our legal system is that so many states have made self-defense a very viable uh, defense on, of, of murder. And all you have to do is say, I was fearing for my life. You know, you have the gun, idiot. Why are you fearing for your life? Well, well they were going to grab it. From well, again, this guy went in and created that situation. Like he instigated all of it. And then I, the, the, the this is just, I don't know. And the, the, all right, let me, let me calm down here before I yeah, listen to, here. listen to Matt's advice before my Breathe. brain explodes. Breathe. But, I, and a big part of the problem here in Adaro, I know you're not going to like to hear this, but a big pro part of the problem is that Barack Obama left a lot of judgeships vacant and didn't do much to fill a ridiculous, I'll have to look up the number, but a, a yeah. ridiculous number of judge, Why? judgeships. Why did he leave them blank? Well, part of it was, was it, he was being obstructed by Congress for part of it, but then he had plenty of time where he had, he had the, the numbers he needed to get these judgeships through and just didn't. I disagree. It was, it, Even it, when it, the Republicans were in the minority, McConnell blocked them. So McConnell it, controlled, but it was never it was never a priority for that administration when it should have been, and it left all these vacancies for Trump to fill, and he hustled and filled them with these yeah. Nazis you're, you're like this right, guy, right. like this guy who was on this case, and it's gonna it's only gonna get worse now, and it's well, not just the, the problem is it's not just the Supreme Court, it's all these other levels of courts that affect well and us a lot more than what the, the Supreme Court's doing. The, uh, push on on uh, school boards. Oh, right, right. And local Very even and local governments, too, which and, is going to be local elections that you can now overturn if it was the wrong result. But anyway, Joe, do you want to say anything else about the demise of our democracy? Um, I, I, I mean, I, anyone who listens to the show knows that I was not optimistic about this stuff. You have not been for the last couple of years. This was if there ever needed to be a last straw, this was it. Like, I, there's no way I can see myself mad. I don't know how you could can possibly imagine raising two children, sending them to school. You got to send those kids to school, to high school with psychos who think that it's OK to go shoot somebody if they don't like them. It just ah, I, oof, Joe, I, Joe, I, Joe. I don't I don't envy you at all.
this is what I've been saying for the beginning. We we are too much. If you don't agree with me, you are bad. You are wrong, and and I need to do something. We I think too many people are that way. But um, there seems to be and, only and one think, side that turns it into murder. No, well, there really doesn't seem to be a whole lot of lefties out there killing people. You're basically right, and, and uh, uh, I, I think I, I I see it as I. I I don't necessarily agree with all that, but the basic point of that people are are shooting each other and and hurting each other because they don't agree with them. Yes, I I one thousand percent agree with that. And Matt, why did we start this show? Why did you and I start this show? Because we always enjoyed talking, even though our agreement was more like sixty seventy percent, not like a hundred percent. Like Joe and I are, I mean Matt and I are probably up in the high nineties in agreement. Um, <laughs> But you know what's interesting uh, but, about but, our so show? So it was like, I always, and, and remember Tracy too, you know, we I always, like, that's what I miss is not being able to talk. You know, I have some family members who are, you know, pretty radical. And the other, about a month or two ago, I said, well, I'll try to initiate conversation with one. And, and I said, well, how do you feel about Trump now that, you know, he's making these claims after the election? And, oh, my God, 9,000 votes in Michigan and just started this train of, of, of manufactured garbage. It's like, no, come on, talk about it. You know, talk about why you like Trump. Trump has done some things good. And, yes, it's like everybody, you know, but it's hard. It's really hard to talk to people um, who don't agree with you, which is too bad. It's a shame. But and and I think it it to me and and I, we always look for who to blame, and and so for me, like I I always am quick to blame the politician. I know that's sort of like my thing, but I I think what that stems from is looking at how Gates handled this. It's like oh yeah, well now I'm gonna get this kid uh, uh, an internship, and it's like mm, really but Gates Gates is what Joe was talking about a, a Republican who is. You know, ate the Kool Aid. Um, yeah, and, I know, I know, you know, no, I know. And, and, and I, Biden, I don't, you know. look at Biden. He's trying so hard <sighs> to do infrastructure stuff. He's trying so hard to work with Republicans. He really is the most disappointing president oh. ever. Are you kidding so, me? No, yeah. I'm not. It's, uh, I'm it's really what he's actually oh. accomplishing is disappointing, oh. and he's giving. What are you talking about? Well, These he's, free he's, infrastructure he's, bills are brilliant. Yeah, and he, with all the the popularity of everything he's doing, he's going to lose both houses in 2022. And uh, I, I, and I, we can talk about the because yeah, I was looking fine, up. Fine, fine, but Matt, Matt will still continue to get six hundred or four hundred dollars for his kids until they're eighteen, and that won't go away. That will yeah, not four hundred dollars is nothing when Jeff Bezos what? has an if they tax that, the billionaires like they should be. That was the first thing to get thrown out of that package. And it was the only thing that would have made a tangible difference in anyone's life. Matt, you tell me that six hundred dollars or four hundred dollars really matters no. over the course of a year. I, yeah, I that disagree. Buy you, that I buy you a week's no, worth of groceries. No, I disagree. Hold, hold on. When I was so let, Matt, Dad, let him answer. He's the one. He's the one in the situation. And and yes, they and and yes, to me, I don't want it. To me, the four hundred dollars is what. What is that? And and I see that as in the giving that little amount to so many people. What does that mean for my kids' lives when they get older? Sure, you're going to give me four hundred bucks. To me, 
How about you yeah. give them health care? Give them free health care. Right, exactly. But this is actually... Let me just respond to Matt. So I was a single parent. I was a single parent yep. with three kids. If I was getting 900 a month, my life would have been, and my kid's life would have been dramatically well, if improved. That was back in 1932 and $900 a month, you could buy like seven cars. A month. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you are poor and a single parent, 900 bucks would make a huge difference. A huge difference. But is okay, it, but it's, okay. not, it's not, it's not, it's not 900. It's, working, Matt has two working um, parents. You know, I had one parent, just me, and with a very poor paying job. Daryl, I'm not saying that there aren't people out there that that There's money a lot will of help. Like that. A lot of people like that. But and what I'm saying is help. it doesn't, but I'm saying it doesn't make a dent in, there are other ways that, and you know what? Keep giving the $400 to that that quadrant that really needs it, but there, we need more meaningful measures than that, and that is the bare minimum that that could be done, which, again, this is kind of interesting. We sort of started to get into this, but I was talking to the executive editor of the site I've been writing for uh, lately. I was talking to him yesterday about our show, and I was t telling him how there's, it always surprises me how we have these weird triangles of agreement and disagreement. It's very rare that all, all three of us feel the same about anything, which is surprising because we all are sort of oriented in the same direction about a lot of things. But I think that's what makes the show fun and interesting is even for me, it's always a surprise when we get into some of these things that, oh, wow, I didn't think you would agree with me. I didn't think you would disagree. Like and that. So that still fascinates me. The, the thing I, I object to Matt with the, your your reluctance to condemn the right is you can't there's I can't look at oh God, okay breathe breathe slow down I can't look at anyone who has supported anything Trump did during his presidency or anything you know any of the stuff that's happened more recently and not think what the f is wrong with you what do what are you seeing through your eyes that makes you think that this is a defensible position. That's again, that's what bugged me so much about the reaction to the Rittenhouse thing. It, it wasn't so much the verdict itself that we've seen the justice system screw up more often than it's done right. Right. But the, the thing that was way more disturbing was the, the after the, the, the from people that I've, you know, had drinks with and, you know, had gone had Thanksgiving with who really you really feel this way I don't have anything in common with you I don't want to relate to you I'm done trying to relate to these people I just want to get away from them that's that's no, where I am to, right we now we have to relate to them now listen why, why? What, what is the point of relating to them they're going to shoot you in the face if they have the chance now there's no point in trying to relate to these people who are not going to do anything to benefit anyone else ever let alone you or so, me. With, with that peaceful message emanating from Sports Plus Show, let me remind you to please go to valleyfreeradio.org and donate to save the world. Pay for my blood pressure medication. All right. Uh, How about some sports, guys? Can we talk about the Jets? No, why are you trying to kill me, Matt? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's, let's just go on the weekly ranking of would you rather – are the Jets doing better or are the Giants doing better? I want to know the weekly ratings. Oh, yeah. I, we, I we, pick we, Giants. 
Um, How about, why don't we talk about something positive, Daryl? Talk about your Patriots who have won five games uh, in a row. But here's why you don't want to talk about that. No, I want to. Want but, but both of you, I, I believe that it was only one of us who said they were going to win 10 games this year. And the two of you were much more pessimistic about this. And, of course, that was five five weeks ago when they were, uh, whatever, three and whatever. They, I, I think – I, I I think you're right. I I don't I don't think I was on the ten game. I think I was, but that's okay. I was not on that. I thought they'd be around five hundred. They have played a lot better than I thought. Um, I just thought with the rookie quarterback, I I thought Mac Jones would produce like he does, but I thought he would have some slips along the way, the ebb and flow. I knew their defense was okay, so I figured uh, around five hundred. They have played better um, at, to this point in the season. They've played much better than I thought they would. Their defense is playing great. Defense is spectacular. Are, One touchdown in the last three games. And the thing that are, I appreciate is just that it's shut down the is Bill Belichick an idiot without Tom Brady nonsense, which I, I just I couldn't. I'm just grateful that did that didn't go another year because then I would have been even more agitated. It, this, the, the, if you look at their offensive system, I mean, what's Mac Jones? 22 of 26 mm. for... I, I, I'm going to set a record have, for see if I can pull a up. rookie, rookie but percentage. He, but it's also, what would he have, like 200 yards passing? Yeah. Well, so, then that's that's the that's the offense now. These little four-yard dink and dunks, and he's really good. He's good at that. He's super accurate, short. He makes good decisions. He seems to be really good at reading. And I've only seen him play twice all year, but he seems to be really good at reading the progressions and getting to the third and fourth option, which a lot of rookie quarterbacks aren't. So, Daryl, man, if I were you, I'd be supremely confident about the next three years with this team. Yeah. Oh, I'm ecstatic. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, and you can tell Belichick's not going to quit. He's he's here for the long haul because what he did, so he deserves credits for two things. One is his general manager moves, signing Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry and Matt Judon. Oh, my God, is Matt yeah. Judon great. Um, all those players. And then, but the other brilliance of him is the coach. Now, granted, uh, McDaniels is a huge a part of the great coaching, but the coaching, the way that they uh, eliminate miles Garrett, the way they eliminate the other team's weapons pits last week, just, or Thursday, just was nothing. Absolutely nothing. The greatest tight end rookie tight end ever almost. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think as a coach and as a general manager, uh, Belichick has um, proved that he is the greatest coach ever. Yeah, well, I don't think I don't think anybody ever said he wasn't. Uh, last year they did. Yeah, yeah, people were last saying that in the off season that you know Brady won the breakup or whatever. It's too early to to call that. The line, Matt, was without Belichick, without Brady, Belichick can't win. Yeah, I don't think you could. I mean, yeah, Belichick is is the great. What what the Patriots do, and Daryl, you're right. They they identify your greatest strength and they take that away that right off the bat like that's eliminated you have to go to your second and third option to beat the patriots some teams can do that some teams can't right and offensively they're so not unpredictable they're so i can't think of the word it just you, you can't isolate something when you're looking at breaking down their offense you don't isolate it and be like oh well we got to stop this guy because they don't have that um, yeah right right 
uh, I, I, my mind is drawn a blank. Yeah, but the, the thing is, right, this year, besides developing a rookie quarterback, their running game is brilliant. And they use this uh, 47. I, I can't remember where he he's he played no college football whatsoever, but he's a traditional fullback, and he just wipes people out. And their third-round pick, Ramonde Stevenson, is an absolute brilliant runner who's yeah. very, very hard to bring down. Um, it's it's really um, it's really impressive. Yeah, that was a great pick. And I think, you know they're a game behind Buffalo, and they've got them. I think twice in the next. They got them twice in the next like three or four week, games, right? Right. This week they're going to have Tennessee. Well, next a week from yeah. today, and then um, two of their next four games against Baltimore. Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, well, and Buffalo is kind of, you know, starting to peak a little bit, starting to round off the top, just as the Patriots are starting to surge. So it wouldn't surprise me if they won both those games. And, you know, we came out on the other side of that. They came out on the other side of that with a you know two game lead. Yeah, I, I don't think I, I don't think they're as good of a team as Buffalo. I still do think Buffalo. Really? I, I do. Okay, I, I I'm going to try and remember that for the end of the season when the Patriots no, are, are it, eleven it, and five, well, and Buffalo's seven and a half. Let me finish. Josh Allen, the quarterback. I think Josh Allen is a great quarterback. I think I think Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the division right now. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm talking right now. What a week of ten. Because well, he 11, runs too, right? He runs. He, wait, are you saying he's better than Joe Flacco? A little bit. <laughs> Josh Allen is the best quarterback in that division. I do think the Bills will win their division, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots do better in the playoffs. I think the style of how the Patriots play running in that cold their team is built. Buffalo is one running back away, in my opinion, from, I mean, Buffalo, I think is a very good team, but they are a, a serious running game threat. They're, with Devin Singletary and and uh, what's the other guy's name? Um, that, no, you're I, right. That's a right. That's a, Devin Singletary and some other guy. <laughs> some other guy. I can't I don't think. think of- but I, I don't think you need. I, I think the the days of needing that sort of marquee running back. Zach Moss is the other guy. Zach Moss. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. But the I, I think the days of needing a you know Marcus Allen back there are gone. You can win with with a, right. But what you do need is depth. You need depth. You need because a threat it, of that like running game. Hey, if the, several and, threats, and that's what I don't think. Threats. Josh Allen is their running game threat. Yeah. Well, so they I, don't. They, I think they don't have a traditional run game offensive line, which is which is I think where your your that's where your running game comes from. You can plug the the, the sort of there might be two or three super elite running backs. And then beyond that, there's a, it's pretty flat from the fifth mm-hmm. best to the 50th best. Mm-hmm. So you can plug any two or three of those players into your lineup. That's and the important that's what, part is two or three. And they've got three. They've got Moss, Singletary, and Matt Breda. And they're all serviceable backs. None of them, like I said, none of them are Marcus Allen, but you don't need Marcus no. Allen. They've got, they've got a lot of offensive talent, but they yeah, just but don't I, have a, they just don't have a line that blocks for a running backs running game where Allen can get those yards scrambling and improvising. But it, you know, as far as handing the ball off on a, on a sweep, they're not going to, they're not going to, I think they, they'll do that you know, 15, 18 times a game. Well, that's, I, I agree with you, Joe. I mean, I think one of the reasons why the Dallas Cowboys granted uh, Dak Prescott's injury last year hurt them. But if you're the Dallas Cowboys, to me, signing Ezekiel Elliott to that contract was extremely foolish. You have mm-hmm. a Tony Pollard who's just as good 
a lot cheaper. And so I yeah. agree with you. You don't need that elite level running back. I think those elite running backs with their contracts hurt your team. You're but, right with Dallas too, because they pay their quarterback a lot. Yeah. Too. I think well, if, like, if um, Buffalo had, um, you know, I'm thinking like next year, right? You trade for a Melvin Gordon or when Cam Akers comes back to LA, you get a Daryl Henderson or you get you, if your Buffalo, you go after an Alexander Madison or a Tony Pollard kind of, you know, a, a pretty good running back. I think you need to upgrade that running back position to be a Patriot team in a playoff. So I think the bills are probably the best team in the division as you know, in a regular season, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Patriots go a little bit further in a playoff. I just, how their team is set up. Both defenses are very, very good, but I just think the Patriots, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Patriots go further than the bills. And the, the thing with the uh, Patriots is um, this was like Belichick as a general manager has missed on a lot of drafts, which is not unusual drafts, you know, are, are hit or miss. Uh, but um, Barmore, the uh, Alabama uh, running back is, excuse me, a, def, a defensive uh, lineman. Yeah. Nose tackle is brilliant. Is really, really brilliant. So, so Daryl, I know you like to have us make predictions, and it seems like we both just have. So, I want you to break the tie. I think the Patriots are going to win the division. Matt thinks the Bills are. What's what's yep. your? I think what's your I goal? think the Patriots are going to be in the Super Bowl. And how much of oh. that? How much of that is uh, Patriots colored glasses, which I know you'd love to. Uh, view at least fifty percent. <laughs> when was the last time? I'll look it up. To to when was the last time a rookie brought their team to the Super Bowl? I think I know the answer to that. Jackson. Did he do it? Lamar Jackson? No. Huh. Good Who question. Was, Matt? No, look, the, the Ravens have never been in a Super Bowl with Jackson. Why don't you go ahead, go ahead and look that up? Because yeah. I, I want to talk about what's going on um, with uh, the, the Trailblazers. I don't know if you... My, oh, please. I, my prediction, I think to answer my... I think it was Russell Wilson. That would make sense. Oh, well, that could be, yeah. That would make sense. But even that, I mean, that's... Up while, while we start to talk basketball, because I, I want to mention the Celts, too, and Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't know if anyone's heard about this situation, but um, the GM of the, the Blazers, Neil Ol Olshay, is under investigation and sort of in this weird suspension limbo from the team, basically for being a jerk, for being a bully, for you know just creating a toxic work environment and the two things that are striking and again like it's the reaction right that that's more aggravating than the than the incident but what's happened is the GMs around the league have rallied behind him saying that this is just a team looking for looking to manufacture cause so they can fire him without having to pay him and first of all, I'm not even sure what's left on Olshay's contract, but it's not it's not more than a couple of years. It's not, it's not an amount of money that I think a team would be willing to take this sort of risk of offending the league. I mean, if this if that if the team actually did that and and turned out to be found guilty of it, I can't imagine. You know, the 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 sanctions would probably be pretty serious. But the other thing that struck me is that exactly zero people have come forward to defend him as a people are defending the the way he's being you know prosecuted but no one is defending the man no one is saying oh no he's not a jerk oh no he's not a bully oh no he doesn't yell 
you know, we've talked about this sort of in the coaching circles where that personality, that sort of scream at everybody only, you know, the only tool in the box is a hammer. That sort of way of coaching is starting to be weeded out. I don't think there's probably a lot fewer executives that are like that than there are coaches. But, you know, now that they've sort of flushed one out, it's sort of disheartening that, you know, the first reaction from the rest of the league wasn't, you know, well, you know what? He is he is kind of a jerk and they'd be better off without him. You know, the reaction was, oh, no, what if they do the same thing to me? And again, it's just um, it's annoying and disheartening. What's that? Sorry. Good old boy network. It's sad. <sighs> it, um, and of course, he, like, and again, if Neil Olshay, of course he wouldn't be black because they're, they don't give black men, you know, team president jobs in the NBA, but were he black, the reaction would be entirely different. And his, the, the, the reaction to it, to, you know, Wes Unseld being accused of being a, 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 a violent, angry bully in the workplace would be treated much differently than Neil O'Shea's cases. And the um, fact that he still has a job, I mean, he's a terrible GM, which is a, right. another part of the problem. Other than drafting Nasir Little and Anthony Simons three and four years ago, or two and three years ago, he's really been kind of terrible for, for Portland. So get him out. But what's not terrible is to donate to this radio station, Valley Free Radio. <laughs> nice. Well done, Dash. Good donate. job. Or um, the sportsplusshow.com. Click the donate to the station button at the very top. So can we mention the Giants and Jets or would you rather move on? Why? You just want to kick us while we're down? You just want to put the knife in and no, twist no. it a little further? No, I got to admit that Mike White is not the, uh, the oh, savior that I thought he was going to be. The, he had he had a very bad game. He's going to have bad games. It was his second start in the league. I don't I don't think I, I don't like the fact that Flacco's starting over him. I think that's a stupid move. I think Flacco's your designated clipboard holder. I don't think it does anything yeah, he's like, for you. Uh, who's like Hoyer? Well, it's not like this team is trying to win games. I, I get Salas, you know, doesn't want to finish four and whatever, but this is a this should be a first or second overall pick team. And if they, you know, they overperform to try and win five games and end up with pick seven, I mean, that's that's a difference between a Hall of Fame offensive tackle and a three-year and out-of-the-league cornerback. I, I think this, I mean, I, I know we, we debated it a little bit, Joe, but it's the organization's ruining careers. I think it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It, it was never, for me, it was never about the individual. It's not about who it doesn't have to be Zach Wilson doesn't have to be Mike White doesn't have to be Joe Flacco it's just sometimes the Jets I, I don't know I don't it's know right it's like Mad Libs you could put fill in the blanks with any, right. anybody so yeah I, I just feel like again I, I kind of get why you're not going with Mike White again maybe and that's because Zach Wilson is your guy period is he is he? They better be again. You 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 went after and got him at number two. He has to be your guy. You could have taken that pit guy. How do you if you're going with him number two and then starting him week one? 
if Mike White is potentially your guy, what the heck? Who are your scouts? Who's evaluating? But I mean, here's the thing: you don't. First of all, they had to take a quarterback. They got rid of the the last disaster. They had to take a quarterback, and you, you don't know. Burying Mike White isn't going to tell you anything about Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson's not playing this week. And if it turns out that you've got two quarterbacks, great. Then at the end of the season, you trade one of them. Whether it's White or Wilson, you've got the rest of the season to decide that if they both work out. But by playing Joe Flacco, you don't do anything for your future. This isn't a team that's trying to win or get into the playoffs this year. They, they need to learn more about both of these young quarterbacks, and they need to add value to them. And you're not going to add value to either of them by sitting them on the bench. So if White goes out there and he plays well, and then Wilson's healthy and comes back, the that's the best problem to have in the world when you've got two quarterbacks that you think are good, that have confidence, that are, that are playing good. well. And if it turns out that the, when Wilson comes back, whether it's three or four games down the road, he comes back in, he plays well, then you trade White at the end of the year. If Wilson comes back in and he's in and he's so-so and you got White playing at the end of the year, then you trade Wilson for a second-round pick. Someone will be willing to take a chance on that guy after a rookie year unless he throws nothing but turds in, in whatever playing time he gets. And I think he's been okay. He, like He's been good enough in the time he's been out there to warrant that much, where if Mike White turns out to be like I said, the next Dan Marino, well, maybe backing off that one a little bit. Uh, then you trade, you know, you, again, you st- Wilson still has value at the end of the Good year, point. but by playing Flacco, you don't do anything for either of those guys. All right. So I'm looking, the only thing I'm, I'm hearing trading Wilson would be similar to Arizona Cardinals trading Josh Rosen. Remember him? Yep. Yeah. I like Josh Arizona Rosen. sent Josh Rosen to Miami for a second round pick. Second round picture value. So 60 second overall. I just, I mean, I, I get your point. I just think uh, if it's a, it's an organizational failure. Yes. Which, and, but <laughs> they should actually rename the team that the New York organizational failures. Just I put mean, a lo- get some if logo. It turns out that Mike White is <clears throat> good. Enough to be. That a was really hard for you to say. Wow. Well, because I'm trying to think of how I want to sit. Like, I don't think the Jets are a good team anyway. So to sit there and be like, "Oh, Mike White would have could like," they're not a good team yet anyway. I think they could be trending towards being a good team. They, they yeah. need a starting quarterback. If Mike if Mike White turns out to be your starting quarterback, fine. But still, imagine, like, had you done your job, he was in-house. How do you not know he was, like, I, who are your evaluators? He, he might not just- have been ready until this year. He was, he, 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 this guy, not everybody comes into the league at where they're going to be I, in, in three years. This might well, be a guy who yeah. helped along the way, and there are plenty of players. Friggin' Tom Brady was an unknown. Would No one knew that guy was any good. What do you think? When yeah. he got thrown yeah, in, no. thrown in a game for an injured as an injury replacement, it happens all the time that you can't you can't say that because this guy comes actually when he gets his chance to play that he's good that that's an institutional failure. That is the only institutional success that team has had since 1969 is Mike White. But again, but 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 we have White. to temper. We have to stop. Like the dude played one good game. 
and that's then all we one- get, Matt. As, as Jet fans, that's all we get. Maybe as Giant fans, you get a Super Bowl every ten years. <laughs> well, this is what we get. We get one good performance from an unknown. But that's what I. I but I also like that's the difference between a starting quarterback and a backup quarterback. Yeah. Anybody, and I shouldn't say anybody, because he he did have a very good. Yeah, he did have a very good first game, but when there's no film on him, when there's no tendencies, when there's no scouting report on him, it's a little easier to have a good game. I'm not trying to downplay his great game. Right. Okay. Now you have film on him, you have tendencies, you can you see how he, you get his progressions, you see what he's doing, and now he has a bad game. So like, let's not even, let's pump the brakes to think that this dude even could be good. We don't even know that. And clearly, right. if they're going with Flacco, maybe he's not. So listen, uh, once again, donate to valleyfreeradio.org slash donate. And finally, in our last few minutes, I would like to mention that, you know, being old, senile, and looking at things through (laughs) Boston-colored glasses, I'm often wrong. But occasionally, occasionally, like the broken clock, um, and so far it looks like I was right about the Lakers not being a super team, that they're old. And uh, LeBron, maybe, maybe nature has caught up to him at last because he's been injured a lot and the Lakers are 500 team. Uh, Matt, you writing, you writing this down. If we can bring this one back, it's, it was 62 games into the season where they're the third seed. I, I, I mean, I, LeBron's people, the last four years he's had slow starts and people say the same thing. Oh, LeBron's done. He's this. He missed more games than he usually does. Well, because it's, November he's 20th old and his body's falling apart. You're right, but it's also November 20th and they're not they're also not 3 and 15. They're, you know, hovering in the middle of the pack. They're, you know, there are it's funny like there's a little bit of upside downness to the NBA standings um on the eastern side on the west. The Warriors are the big surprise, you know, the not Warriors a huge surprise, but but the Warriors are 14 and two, you know, being back healthy and Phoenix uh, 11 in a row. They're 12 and three. So the, the teams that were good last year are still rising to the top But the Lakers were a middle of the pack team all last year, too. So I think to expect them to come out as a five or six seed and do well in the playoffs is not not out of the no. question. But the, we should th- give a little shout out to Stefan Curry, who's just like revolutionizing basketball. It's and God, I hope he doesn't lead to the formation of a four point shot, but he well may, might. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll say this I, I was trying to look up Joe before the show asked. I asked, What year did LeBron James go to Miami? Because I know they got off to a slow start, too. If you think about this team, I, I Daryl, I'll give you they're old, but it's basketball, you know, so they'll, they'll be okay. They have to learn how to play with each other, which is, you know, whatever. They'll be in the playoffs. And then we'll see. They'll be in the playoffs. They're deep in their experience. And I, yeah, I, again, we're, it's, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. Oh, by the way, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And thanks a lot for donating to, to valleyfreeradio.org slash donate um, or going to sports plus. The, uh, the sports plus show.com. The sports plus show. <laughs> and again, happy birthday, Margo. Enjoy it. And thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for listening. Next week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Go Giants. Go where? (laughs) Home. Home. Yeah, it's a welcome to the toilet, Matt. Yeah. I got the booster. I am happy, happy. Yeah, I got mine. I had zero effect. Like, I I think I told you guys, I was very cranky. I was... (laughs) 
extremely how, cranky. How, how, how can you tell? How could we tell? How could yeah. we tell? I know. No, I, that's. I was very cranky. I'm at school and joking with the teachers. I work with. I, I'm. Daryl, at least in Belchertown, you and I, we were the only oh, males. I am the only male in my building. I know. It's... I'm joking with them. Like, I, I feel like I'm menstruating, you know? It's like, I'm... <laughs> and they're like, oh, Matt, you're all hormonal. What's going on? I'm working with too many women. I don't know. That's going That's going in the podcast and in the promo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let me go. I've, I'm actually doing another show in 20 minutes. So Good. Have fun. Uh, all right, guys. See you guys.